Today's daf talks about a case where a woman's husband leaves town with her co-wife, and at that point she has no chi of yibum. But maybe her husband had a child overseas. Maybe her mother-in-law gave birth to another brother. We also discuss how long she should wait after her tsara makes a claim about her husband dying. This paragraph begins with the case of a woman whose husband and her co-wife goes overseas, and then the co-wife comes back and says her husband died. She's not allowed to remarry, but she also cannot do yibum until she knows for sure that her husband is dead because maybe the tsara isn't actually pregnant in which case there's no if her mother-in-law is the one that went overseas we don't have to be chayshish that maybe she's pregnant with another brother which would be mechaev her to do yibum. however if the co-wife left on their trip pregnant then you have to be chayshish that a son was born if Yehuda however says we're not chayshish that it's going to be a male because there's always the possibility that it's going to be a miscarriage and if it's not a miscarriage it could be a female a girl baby now the Gemara clarifies that in a mission it says he tsarasa that maybe this tsara gave birth to is pregnant with another child and we can learn from here that we're talking we're concerned that this tsara is going to give birth but we don't have to be worried that the other tsars who didn't go overseas with the husband are also pregnant now the Mishnah passing that she can't remarry and she can't do yibum now it makes sense that she can't do yibum because maybe her co-wife is pregnant in which case she's living with her brother-in-law that's an ashes ah it's an why can't she remarry let's go bossar the roiv and most women do give birth so the Gemara has two answers number one one, could be we go like our mayor who says that we are chayshes for the miut. The second answer is that it could be we're not going like our mayor, we're going like the rabbanon. And it does not concern themselves with the miut. But the rabbanon only go bust the roi when we have the roiv in front of us. Like if you have nine stores that are selling kosher meat and one that's not. Or roiv of the Sanhedrin right in front of us is paskening one way. But when you have a roiv that's not in front of us, even the rabbanon would not go bust that roiv. Over here, we're just going bust that roiv, the woman that exists in the world. The Gemara challenges this because in the case of a cotton and a katan, where you don't have the roiv in front of us, the rabbanon go bust the roiv. In a braisa, we say that a katana and a katana do not do chalitza or yibum according to Rabbi Meir. In a chacham and Meir, it makes sense not to do chalitza because Batsik says ish. So they have to, he has to be a godo. Or makish ish leisha, that she must be a gadoila as well. But why can't they do yibum? So Rabbi Meir explained that the katan can't do yibum because maybe he's a sris. The katana may, can't do yibum because maybe when she gets older, she'll turn out to be an alienist. And in the meantime, they were just being poigeya be'erva with their brother in law or sister in law. The rabbanon disagree with. They say, you go bust a roiv katanim, and most katanim are not a sris. Most katanas are not an islandess. That's not a roiv that's in front of us. You see, the Rabbanon do go bust a roiv. Even if we're talking about just the woman of the world, Elamai, the Gemara slugs up that second answer and says, we have to say that we are going in Shita's Rameir, that's Choshesh Lemiot. The Gemara now says, if you're going to go like Rameir in the Reisha, that we're going bust the Lemiot, in the Seifa, we said that if the mother in law went overseas, we don't have to be Choshesh that maybe she gave birth to another brother. Why not? We should go bust a roiv and most women do give birth, we should be chayshish, that she actually has a brother-in-law to do yibum with. Only a miut have, have miscarriages. So it's really mechzo mechzo, that's zucharim and kevus. We have a miut that are miscarriages. 50-50, we should be mechush. Maybe uh, we should we should require her to wait until the mother-in-law does or does not give birth to a brother-in-law or shows that she's pregnant. Maybe the mother-in-law has a chazaka that she's not pregnant. Seder, then in the racial also. Her tzorah should have chazaka of not being pregnant. Explain. The reason why we're chayshish in the rishis because we're dealing with an eser kares. But in the sefer, it's an eser lav. We're not chayshish. Rava challenges this. He says, "Oh, hang on. They're both deraisa. What's the difference if it's kares or it's a lav?" So rather, Rava tells.
tells us in the Reisha, she has a chazoka to be doing Gibum, and she has a roiv that says that she can marry anybody else, and a chazoka is not going to outdo a roiv. We have a mute of miscarriages up against her chazoka of not being pregnant, so it's 50-50, a boy or a girl. We do not allow her to remarry, and we're not mechaiver to do Yibum. In the Seifa, she has a chazoka of not being mechaiver Yibum, she can marry anybody. She has a roiv that says she can marry anybody, and that her mother-in-law is going to give birth to a brother is a miot de miot. And even a mayor is not going to be on a miot de miuto. Now, I mentioned said that she can't remarry and she can't do yibum. And the Gemara says forever. Why doesn't she do chalitza mimanafshach? And then let her go, go marry. So Ziri answers, for herself to, to remarry, she has to wait three months. For her tzara, she has to wait nine months. But she could always do chalitza mimanafshach. Because chalitza does, does no, no harm. Avachanina says a little differently. For herself, she waits three months. But for her tzara, that she has to wait forever. Why can't she do chalitza according to Rebchanina? Abayi Barov and Rebchanina Barov and explain. Some say both of them explain. It's Xera. Because maybe the Surah is going to have a Vlad Shal Kayama. And then she had she had done Chalitza. And maybe she'll go marry a Koyin post her Chalitza. Now it's true. She didn't need Chalitza. She was potter from Yibum and Chalitza. And then you're going to have to go announce, by the way, the Chalitza that this woman who's marrying the Koyin did was never necessary. News to go and announce it. No. Maybe there's someone who witnessed the Chalitza but misses the announcement. And he'll say, hey, a Chalitza can marry a Koyin. That can't happen. Now we have a mission that tells us. If the Tsar comes back and says, by the way, while me and Hubby were overseas, I gave birth to a son. But he died. And then our husband died. So we believe her. But if she tainas that the husband died first, and then the son which was born died, we don't believe her. But we have to be chayshishar enough to make it that the co-wife does chalitza, but not yibum. And the Gemara asks, why are we not chayshish? That Adam will come and verify her claim. And then we're going to have to talk, announce to everybody that her chalitza was unnecessary and she can marry a kaya. So Rav Papa answers, either we're talking about a case where she was already a grusha, so she's not going to be marrying a kohen anyways. Rav Huna gives an alternative answer that her claim was that the Tzara says she was with the husband and her child in a cave alone. So there's not a chance that any Edom are going to come and verify. Now we have a new mission that tells us. We have two Yevamas. One says that the husband died. Another one says that her husband died. Two unrelated women married to two brothers. And they're both tining on their own husbands that he died. Each one is usher to marry out into the Shuk because maybe he's still alive. She can't trust the other woman's testimony. We only trust a woman on herself to get her out of being an Aguna. If one of them has Edom and the other one does not have Edom, the one that has Edom is Aser, and the one that does not have Edom, she's mutter based on the other woman's testimony with her Edom. If one has children and the other one does not have children, the one who has children is mutter, the one that does not have children is Aser. Now going back on the Reisha, when each one tainted that her husband had died, they did not have Edom. If they did Yibum and then died, the Yivamin are Aser to remarry. If Elazar says, no, once they're mutter to marry their Yivamin, they're mutter to marry anybody. And now the Mishnah tells us that there's a Brysa that adds a component to our Mishnah that if only one of the wives, one of these women had Edom and the other one did not, and the one that has Edom also had children, the one that does not have Edom also does not have children, in that case both of them would be mutter. The first one doesn't have a Zika because she has children, the other one does not have a Zika because the, the testimony that gets her out of it came with Edom. Thank you for learning with me, have a wonderful day.